0: Hey, good morning. So I wanted to address the topic today because it's come up on multiple occasions now, but um, that topic can be sensitive, it can be, um, you know, have the possibility to be life giving versus the possibility to uh, cause death or offense. So as I approach this topic, I just want to make sure I do my due diligence to um, try to come across as neutral as possible. But you know, God really put it on my heart to um, do a do a podcast on the topic of friendship. And so, you know, I wanted to start by um, defining friendship. Um, And it says that friendship is the emotions or the conduct of friends, the state of being friends. It also says that the definition can be a state of mutual trust and support between allied nations. Um, So, you know, that is the definition of that's our Webster friendship and when we think about the friendships we have in our life just from the you know base of that you know we can think how many people in our life do we feel like we have those type of emotional connections with or or those ties with where you know we feel like this relationship that we're building called friendship is built on a mutual um ground of understanding um mutual respect for one another but also a mutual give and take and you know before we get into what the word says about friendship just from the foundation of friendship you know it's thinking about what does that look like in our life um because we do know in the word that it talks about iron sharpening iron and you know i want to get that scripture that says you know when we fall down what, is, what does a friendship look like in our life? So as, you know, I'm getting getting that pulled up, I think about my own life and I think about, you know, how God created me. And so I wanna first talk about me because I think that, that you know, anytime God uses you in any kind of way, you know, offense could happen one way or another, but, you know, due diligence is to try to err on the side of caution when it comes to any type of inclusion in gossip or any type of inclusion in, you know, tearing down or causing strife. So I think about how God created me um, in the area of friendship. And I, you know, used to use the term people pleaser where, you know, I've you know been able to relate with other women in my life on what that looks like. And, you know, if by definition, you know, if you flip it, it's a person who pleases other people through their actions. And that, you know, kind of stigma or that definition of that, you know, that worldly comes with that, I feel like that followed me far too long in my life from how I approached friendships in my youth, to how I approached dating in my youth, to the point where I remember sitting down with my mentor. And, um, you know, this was back when I, Used to go to a church here in Atlanta, um, very popular, um, larger church, and she would say, You know, is it really about dating or is it that you are doing missionary dating? So let's pause for a second so that that in its context is not perverted missionary dating, what she was trying to define that as, is when you date a person, build a friendship with a person, desire to have relationship with a person in which that relationship is built on a mission of, for me, what was people pleasing of helping to build that person up versus taking that person as they already were. And I think that, you know, whether or not Male, female, however you want to approach this. I know that the foundation of my ministry, again, is called a bride and waiting ministry, but this is not to be inclusive versus exclusive. It's the fact that the Bible and the Word says that the bride is the church. So there is no gender associated with that. And I want to be clear because, again, things have the potential to be perverted. Literally, it says that Jesus is the groom and the church is his bride. So very specific are we talking about in the context of what the Word says, who he calls his bride in waiting. And so as I go into this season of dating for me, that started around 16 or 17, um, raised in a military home, I approached my first dating relationship without a friendship. And I think that continued to define how I went into a relationship. So, you know, you meet a person, You don't really know the person, you know of a person, and you know, I know it may not just be me, maybe you can relate where it's like, oh, that person is nice, or that person looks good, and you know, I mean, we're 16, so not that many levels of expectation. You know, we're just kind of going with emotions of even friends pulling one another together. But without that defined foundation of friendship, you may not realize what type of relationship you're signing yourself up for. And so I found that throughout my dating life in this, this uh, romantic type of love and friendship, I kept signing myself up for fixing And that fixing would take so much of myself, you know, trying to bring that person to Jesus or trying to bring that person to church or trying to bring that person to the revelation of who they were. And even in the revelation of who they were, I myself. Cannot do that within my own being. I can't help a person come to the revelation of who they are. Whether it be your faith in God that does that or your confidence in self, it doesn't matter how much one could feel that they are a per se people pleaser. You can buy someone all the things in the world. Man, I remember spending hundreds of dollars on shoes clothes to the point where there was one person I was dating. we, We even helped them get over to the dermatologist and get skin clearing, you know, completed because I wanted to build their confidence. But man, when you do things like that in your life, you allow that person to then become dependent on you and, and as this is a faith-based organization, that therefore means they're not dependent on God. So I found myself constantly stepping in the way of God so that I could then help them become their full potential. But in that, I realized time after time, I would experience hurt in my own life because once they arrived at the understanding of who they were, this is not to boast, but then they began to realize what more they could be in a different relationship. So I remember that same person moving on and actually becoming in relationship with my roommate, becoming in relationship with several people on my college campus that I attended. And I remember feeling so hurt that I had invested multiple years of my life in this relationship on, like I said, the the, Material things that you know, well, maybe if you had these clothes that you maybe didn't necessarily grow up having, or if you had these shoes, or if you had this this, you know, skincare regimen, or if you had this family love, like inviting them into my home to be a part of, you know, my mom, my dad, my oikos, you know, opening the doorway for them to see all that I am. And I felt like in life, I didn't realize that that was happening too soon. And I was giving too much of myself. And if I really wanted to direct them to Jesus, I could then just point them in the direction in which they could go. And it didn't mean that I needed to date that person. It didn't need, mean that I needed to be in a romantic relationship with that person. Well, that same thing in our singleness could parallel to the friendships we have. It doesn't have to just be romantic friendships. It can be friendships that are um, between a Two women, two men, you know, opposing sex. Even if, you know, a woman is friends with a man, it doesn't mean that that has to become romantic in any form. Yes, there's the laws of attraction, but at a certain point, I had to come to the revelation of, and this was not always the problem, but it could be in reverse a problem that that person could be attracted to me, but me needing to. maintain my boundaries of keeping them in the friend zone, per se, you know, when we talk about that, it's not because the person's a bad person. It may not be because the person's not attractive. It may not be because the person and I don't have things in common, but it's because I know that God didn't call that relationship to be anything more than a friendship in my life. And so I found time and time again that that person may not have wanted to stay in my life if there was no romantic tie to it. And I had to be okay with that. I had to be confident in myself that If not dating that person, if not, to be honest, um, you know, if we want to keep it 100 here, because that's what I desire to do on this podcast, as I desire to inspire and encourage you, not having sex with a person is okay. Not, you know, kissing a person is okay. Not feeling like you have to give all of yourself to a person is okay, and if that person doesn't accept you for that, then they were never intended to be in your life, because again, the laws of attraction, you can attract a hundred people, doesn't mean that all hundred of those people need to stay in your life. So to the picture that I wanted to associate with this particular podcast, there's a picture of me that I have, um, you know, that come from the collection of photos taken for our wedding, and you know... I first and foremost want to give photo credit to Nicole because she was one of the most loving, kind-hearted, absolutely talented photographers that I've ever met. And every picture that she took, I have found in my life that that picture has then redefined itself as a purpose. And even redefined itself in my ministry to to be telling a story of more than what you see, and I think that 's what makes a photographer an amazing photographer it 's when they capture something that tells a story beyond just this still moment and so in that picture i 'm sitting in my chair preparing for um, the wedding i 'm putting on my jewelry, you know doing all the final touches, and uh, in the picture, to one side is my best friend from High school. We had known each other, I think, since the second year of high school where she transferred um, from out of a different state to our school, you know, because you have the same last names, you know, I don't know if you all remember this, you'd be in the same homeroom. So that's how we met each other. Well, we continued to do life together to a certain degree. You know, I won't say we did everything together. I won't say we went everywhere together. But I think we had a mutual understanding of who we were in each other's life. And like going back to that definition of friendship, you know, understanding what it meant to respect each other, understanding what it meant to um, have that mutual trust or support. And so there'd be times in which she'd be going through things in life, and I'd want, I'd want to be there for, for her, the best of my abilities, and vice versa. And, you know, we continue to be in and out of each other's life. I mean, years later, I mean, that was, you know, to tell my age, but not to tell my age, what, early 2004? 2004? And then, you know, to this day, you know, we were still in relationship um, up until, you know, this season of waiting that I've entered into. And in this season of waiting, you know, in all humility, I've reached out to people in my life and let them know that I'm in this season of transition. And you may not hear from me like you used to hear from me because I'm not expecting anyone else to pull me out of what I'm in. I'm not expecting anyone else to help me come to the revelation of who I am. What I need is for God to connect with me, my heart and my, my, the nature of who I am and allow me to fulfill what he wants to fulfill in me. Because what I feel like is for years as a people pleaser, for years as, you know, desiring to do good for others was not without the, the attachment of, will this person do good for me? Will this person be there for me? Will this person be able to stand with me? And so I, I, at this point in this, you know, Devo um, or this podcast, I want to go to what the word says about that and what that's supposed to look like. It says, um, as far as friendship goes, John 15, 12 and 15, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for one's friend you are my friend, if you do what I command. And this is, you know, obviously, in respects to Jesus, you know, he's not saying, like, you go around telling people, if you do what I say, if you do what I want you to do, then wonderful, then that's how you can be my friend. But the, the concept here is, you know, to love one another, you know, what greater love does one have than to lay down one's life? And when we talk about laying down our life, we talk about humility. We talk about, you know, putting things above my own needs, putting things above my own expectations, putting things above doing things with the thought of, I'm doing this because I'm hoping to receive something from you. And it was so interesting because, again, erring on the side of a caution because this topic for me. Means more than just one series that I probably will record. But I remember, you know, attempting to reach out to my sister in law and saying, you know, this is how I feel about how our relationship has evolved and not getting into the details of it. I remember her response was, well, I didn't know you did things for the sake of wanting something in return. And I had to clarify, nowhere in my life did God call me to do anything for anyone. Because I wanted something in return. I think that the perversion and the people pleasing spirit is that you believe that that person does all these things because they want something from you. You think that these people do all these things because they are weak minded or because they are not capable of building a relationship outside of giving. And so that's why I said that if we want to start at the beginning, to define myself, I had to realize that I could no longer define myself as a people pleaser. And as I began to learn more about myself and learn more about mental health, more about relational health, I began to define myself, you know, with people around me that are close to me as an empath, an empath being someone who is empathetic. Um, and so I want to pull up that definition of what is an Empath. So it says that an empath is a person with the, a paranormal ability to a- apprehend the mental or emotional estate of another individual. It's interesting how it says paranormal ability. Um, it's a mystic ability, it says. And it even defines itself as a telekinesis. So again, pulling out of the world and conceptually putting this into the gifts that God has given us. I do feel like God has put in my heart the gift of friendship, ministry, doing life with women. Um, And so what I think of it, I don't think of it as strange. I don't think it is paranormal. I think God created me to be empathetic and loving because he gave me a heart after Jesus, like Jesus and for Jesus. That greater love has no man known to have met a person that is willing to lay down their life for you. And to me, I don't expect my best friends to be like that. I don't expect my husband to be like that. I don't even expect my son to be like that. I can teach him how to be through my actions, but God will define who he will become. God will define who my husband will become. God will define who my best friends will become or my friendships. but. I can only speak for myself of who I will be and never will who I am be defined as someone who desires to have these friendships because I expect you to buy me Christmas gifts. I expect you to buy my children's Christmas gifts. I expect you to send me a Christmas card or a birthday card or check in on me when I'm feeling down. You know, many times in my life, in fact, that did not happen. In fact, I remember times in which I would send out roses or I would send out chocolates or books or all kinds of things, not because I wanted that person to see me. It's because truly, truly, if you knew me and if you know me, it's because God put it in my heart to do that. And by putting it in my heart to do that, it's because God knew more than what I knew, what those flowers would do for that person, what sending that book in the mail would do for that person, what sending, you know, those Christmas gifts would do for my in-laws or would do for their children, their children's children, because It says, you will know a tree by the fruit it bears. No tree that is dead can bear fruit. No tree that is not good can bear good fruit. And so this does not define the people in my life because I don't hold anyone else to the fire. That's not my job. You know, Holy Spirit comes in us and allows us to be who we are through the manifestation of God's word, to sharpen us, to love on us, to give us discernment and to give us the tools that we need. But when God holds me to the fire, I want him to purify me. I want him to make me new. I want him to make me fruitful. You know, why hold on to these things in my hands when I know that God is gonna continue to bless me and to continue to keep me? So I give my life away. It says, so you can use me. That's what the song says. I'll give my life away for my life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself. I give myself away. There is nowhere in my life that I don't, I don't think I was ever able to successfully bring someone else to the revelation of that. As much as I tried when I was 16, in my 20s, even to this day in my 30s, I can't bring someone to the revelation of what the word of God says. I can bring someone to Jesus by inviting them to church. I can bring someone to a place of understanding by praying with them. Or even specifically, if there is confusion, you can bring clarity. You know, and I experienced this in my own life. I've experienced, you know, there was a time in which a friend reached out to me and said, you know, where we are in our life right now, I don't think that we're moving in the same direction. You know, I had a direction of raising a toddler, working full-time, these things. She had a direction of she was moving to another country. You know, she's married as well. And so I could appreciate that. In the moment, I might have felt slightly jaded or hurt, but I could appreciate the respect of her telling me how she truly felt. Because to this day, we are still in, in each other's lives through social media. And so I can like a message, she can like a message, and I still have mutual trust and respect for her because I felt like, in this world, we can so quickly choose to just cut people off. And to me, I think that's easy. I think it's easy to all of a sudden be in someone's life, do life with them, be in each other's homes, be in each other's faces. And all of a sudden you stop answering the phone and you stop responding to their messages and you stop, you know, f- you know, following them, or, you know, you might block them. You might put their messages on silent. You know, it's so easy to be passive, in my opinion. And again, to without causing offense, is passivity of God. Does God want us to show up in someone's life and then move out of their life and completely just push them to the wayside and keep it moving? That's a question you have to ask yourself. That's not a question that I'm here to even answer. For me, I'm here to specifically under talk about the understanding and definition of friendship and how in the world that could look and how in God's word that can look. And so to the other side is my other friend. We... Best friends through nursing school, we are best friends through graduating together, we are best friends through you know um, working in the same hospitals, through you know each other's marriages, through each other's children. We again have many years behind us from graduating from nursing school back in 2010 together to you know both having children up until this day, um, 13 years later, being married with kids, doing life in that way. But when I reached out to my best friend to my left and my best friend to my right, and I said, I'm in a season where God is stretching me. I'm in a season where God is growing me. I'm in a season where if I continue on this trajectory one way, I may forever be defined by the world as a people pleaser. And that's not how I want to see myself. I know that I have more potential and more growth and more maturity than that. So if I move to this other direction and accept God for all that who he is and accept my purpose for all that I am, and if I stop burying my treasure and if I stop burying my gifts and I stop burying my voice and I stop worrying about what people think of me and what people think of what I'm saying and what people think of what I'm doing and what people think of even what I can do for them and begin to live my life for what I can do to, for Jesus, where it says that I can lay down my life so that he can then be lifted up, then I can move into a place and position where I can be a better friend for both of my best friends. I can be a better friend for them no matter where they are in their circumstances or situations. But where I was at as I transitioned into this season, I could not be that for them. And from the run friend who allowed me to understand humility and that I couldn't be what she needed me to be, in that season and she was okay with letting me know that i realized that for myself i had attached myself to so many different people so many different relationships through you know a friend of a friend a friend of a co-worker a friend of a spouse you know um a friend through church a friend through a gathering and so you know being an empath being that one who again you know, senses feelings, senses emotions, um, can walk into a room. I tell you, and I kid you not, if a room is grieving, I can feel that, and so deeply we felt that this past Sunday at church, and I felt it in the you know depths of my heart that I grieved for our pastor, I grieved for our church, I grieved for what the church is going through, not because it was my own personal life or my own personal experience, but it is that the empathetic heart that God put in me. You know, I like it. to, to David. Constantly, David was crying out to God one way or another in the Bible about something that he was experiencing in Psalms. You know, he was like, I would cry out to God and he would hear me and he would take me up and he would put me in a place. You know, he would prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. All these things that David would describe would have to happen as he grew deeper in God and less in the world. And so as God deepens my heart for him, I have to, had to take my heart pieces back so that God could put them together. And there are going to be many people in my life that don't understand that. They don't understand why they received that text message. They don't understand why, you know, they haven't heard from me since my transition. They don't understand how, you know, even, you know, I love both of my best friends equally and wholly because they have been there th- through everything that I've been through. And then I even have my new friends, you know, my my community that I'm still doing life with that, you know, we have been doing life together since pre-pandemic. But it's like the way in which that friendship was built is what God, I need God to rebuild. And so it's like sometimes in life, God has to tear things down in our life so that they can be built back up.